All right. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Burritos, Breaks, and Flies. And today we have a special guest with us, Taylor, a.k.a. The Prodigy Brun. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and once again, we're out at the uh, McCarran Ranch Preserve. Um, and uh, Ben, why don't you... What, what's going on out here? Why don't you give a little, little well, visual here? We're in a beautiful spot. We're at the McCarran Ranch. That's where we did episode two with Chris Sega from the Nature Conservancy. And uh, they were kind enough to let us do our podcast here. This time we're, we're up at the amphitheater. And I don't know if uh, you listeners have been here, but it's just a beautiful wooded amphitheater. And there's um, stones carved in a semicircle. And it faces the river and, and key features of the McCarran Ranch. The, the trees, it's um, the birds. I saw a crane fly by um, earlier today. And it's just a real special, peaceful place that, I, that we encourage you guys to come out and enjoy. They do such a good job um, restoring it to its natural state. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons that we have uh, that we got that we got Taylor out here, and and we'll let him talk to it in a second. But um, uh, I've known Taylor for a few years now, and uh, he always kind of blows my mind on, I would say, his fishing knowledge and dare say prowess. He'll he'll downplay it. He's going to no. downplay it the whole time. But uh, yeah, he... it's, it's it's you know there's very few people that you come across out there. Um, in the fly fishing world that that seem to have uh, a certain knack for getting on the fish consistently and or if not there's a dang good reason for it not occurring you know but but we'll, we'll learn more about that but yeah i i was very excited for this podcast because nico and i spend a lot of time fly fishing together and there's so many places or times or certain things that happen where nico will bring up you and he'll say the prodigy so i i know you as the prodigy so we were at <laughs> ida wild in a spot and nico would be like he stands right up here on top of this riffle and then he lands the biggest brown trout i've ever seen and and i'm just like yeah the prodigy who is this person so taylor tell us a little bit about who is taylor well, I guess, uh, first of all, Taylor's just a normal person. He's not a prodigy. But uh, he, uh, I guess I grew up in uh, Fallon, Nevada. Uh, didn't fly fish really at all because you can't see the bottom of any body of water out there, of course. Um, so, I, you know, I grew up kind of bait dunking and stuff like that. Uh, my dad, he had a fly rod. I remember when I was younger, uh, he handed me the fly rod because he he enjoyed it and he said hey you know like why don't you practice fly casting i think you'd really like fly fishing and me being a kid of course you know i I just liked casting at the time i was like okay sure you know i farted around for a week or two i remember casting into a cup you know out in the lawn and uh never really brought it to the water though like for for years uh went my whole high school throwing lures bait and stuff like that probably catching carp catfish sometimes a walleye out out at Lahontan, you know um lib you know pond fishing liberty pond you know just kind of an average normal fishing type life and then uh i went to college here at 
in Reno at UNR and you know went to some parties stuff like that you know like we all do in college and kind of got bored of that and I was like you know I, I where do I fish here you know I started asking myself and uh you know and I saw the Truckee River you know and I was like you know I've heard there's big fish in there you know so I, I tried bait fishing it I remember um you know just throwing a worm and a weight and seeing what happens you know caught a couple fish you know and I was like oh that's awesome you know but I mean snag 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 and I was just <laughs> you know I was tired of tying hooks on and stuff you know so right I was like you know there's there's a lot of people that fly fish it you know so I'm like maybe I should you know bring that back you know and kind of get back into it um and actually catch stuff this time and so I grabbed my dad's old fly rod I bought some new line for it and uh went out and gave it a whirl didn't catch anything for probably two months you know so if, if you can if you can hear that we got another union pacific train cutting through <laughs> it's a little one so we're gonna let this one swing. oh no it's a burlington north and the santa fe wow look at that ben it's beauty i have a quick story off topic that we might have to edit out. Uh, but when I was in college, speaking of college, I was with my buddy Sean Jarvis, and w that was my first big form class. There was about 70 people. And the teacher was uh, a real old guy, real surly, wore a button-down cap, small print plaid, you know, real cranky. And he had asked uh, the, the, the whole group about some... He said, which train such and such? And my buddy, who whispers to me, he's like, it's the Santa Fe. And I'm like, I go, say it, Sean. <laughs> and he said, he raises his hand. And Sean is not timid, but he raised his hand kind of timidly. And he's like, the Santa Fe. <laughs> and the teacher <laughs> coils up and snaps back. No, not the Santa Fe. <laughs> so when you said Santa Fe, it took me right to that story. That's hilarious. I had a question about what you said, Taylor. So, you know, venturing down to the uh, to the Truckee, mm -hmm. um, kind of taking that on your own. I mean, obviously, sounds like you kind of almost self-taught yourself in a way. I mean, how how did you break into that? I mean, it's an intimidate to me. It was an intimidating thing. You're like, oh, cool. All right, I'll try the Truckee, but even stepping foot to it, it's kind of like, well, where do I start? What do I do? And, like, oh, and these other dudes on the river, like, what's up with them? And, like, it's there's just, like, this whole, like, kind of stepping onto, like, a pro ball field type thing where you're like, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I mean, I was, I was wading out in sandals, slipping, falling, you know. Like, it was, you know, throwing – flies with no weight on it you know and swinging them you know little light woolly buggers and i'm just you know i i, I had no idea what i was doing for sure in the beginning you know and then then you start adding some split shot you know and next thing i knew i started actually catching fish you know and then uh then i found some fish reports you know from you know sportsman's warehouse even you know where yep. i'd go talk to some dudes in some stores and that worked there and i'm like hey like I just got into fly fishing, like, what do you guys use, you know, and they'd point me to this or that, you know, and, and after a while, you know, I just kind of built up this, like, this is what works, you know, and I remember my first fly where I was really, like, I'm always going to have this on 
of course that's changed now but <laughs> right right <laughs> you know the first fly it was the de- the dead drift craw you okay, know yeah. because i remember it was the lower water years where you you were only really fishing really early morning or late afternoon on a cooler day um and just the crawdads i'm i'm guessing it had something to do with the low water but it was just for me at least you know catching finally like three fish a day i was like oh my goodness like, that's crazy do yeah, you remember yeah. your first fish you caught on the truckie um that's a tough one i'm trying to remember i think yeah you know what i think if we're going by fly fishing right yeah that's okay going on. let's go on that we'll one, go on yeah. fly fishing yeah so my first fish for sure was the uh i was actually i was down right below here over by the uh, mustang ranch uh-huh. and i parked there um and i remember it was probably late fall uh and i've at least for me i've never really seen fish rise on the truckie at that time you know and i look over and i see this you know this fish rising you know like your classic fly fishing like oh my gosh we're watching the fish you know rise like right match yeah. the hatch kind of thinking you know right and i remember looking that at it and i'm like man like i'm not gonna catch it like i i'm a noob i don't know what i'm doing you know so i i remember i tied on you know grasshopper because i'm like yeah you want some meat you know like it's fall there's who wouldn't eat a grasshopper right you know like right so you know i throw a grasshopper over there you know doesn't eat it you know and I, i'm just looking at every fly you know i tried some streamers maybe you know obviously had no idea what i was doing you know <laughs> um you know nothing 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 but luckily this fish kept rising it was almost like it was like a tester for me you know it was like hey like you suck i know but i'll let you catch me <laughs> Yeah. You know, but he kept rising, you know, so I, I finally, I picked up a little size 16 parachute, you know, in white and gray. And I was like, maybe he's eating something small. And I threw it out there and bam, he took it. And it was, you know, he was, I measured him. He was about 14, 14 inches. Perfect. And for my, wow. you know, for my first that's dry great. fly fish, oh, that's, that's I was great. like, oh my God, I can't yeah. believe I caught him. You know, like that's crazy. You know, I was super stoked. You know, I, I remember I looked at the picture in my phone because my buddy was with me, and I'm in duck hunting waders, you know, with the <laughs> rubber boots, you know, because it was getting a little chilly finally, so I invested in those because I still had no idea what I was doing, you know, but that picture always makes me happy, you know, seeing that. Right. Wow. And that's, I mean, that's that's quite a story for a first. Okay, so a first fly fishing on the Truckee, so you broke a lot of rules there. And so, look, this is why you have that title, The Prodigy. You came to the East River, right, where you're, in general, you don't see a high catch rate unless you really know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if you're on it, you can get it. But uh, coming out, experimenting, finding fish on the rise, like that's a rare occurrence, you know, but but it does happen out yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, no, it was and, weird. And that's, I mean, you just, you just keyed right to it. And I, I would say that you, uh, that that's quite a memory and quite an experience, you know, and that's, that's, that's a big credit, I think, to <laughs> who you are as a fly fisherman. I dig that. I mean, I remember, I, I, cause I give you a quick story. So my, my first time catching a dry on uh, a fish on a dry fly in the East was just by chance in February, because I found snippets of information out there about hey, there's a blue wing olive rise that happens like in February and everybody raves about it. Like that's what people are like. If, if anything, you can cut the whole year out and just focus on February. 
And I'm like, what? Like, that sounds awful. Like, cold, short days, cold water. I mean, just, you know, like one of the worst times, but as sure as heck, a couple years ago, I tried it. I came out to the East River, um, kind of in the same general area, probably a little bit more, more west. Um, and, uh, yeah, sure as heck, I sit there and I watch the water and you see these fish rising over and over again, the same spots in the same pools. And you're like, what are they eating? You know, and, and I spent probably like three or four trips chasing them going, I don't know what, what's going on, you know, trying conventional stuff. And finally I, I get one, I get a, like a 20 or 22 inch brown on a, uh, this little tiny size 20 or 22 Griffiths gnat with a little red band around it and this big white parachute top. I'm like, that, that was it, you know? <laughs> and ever since then, I've tried that flight and it doesn't work, yeah. you know, but it's yeah, just like course. by chance, but it's just that, 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 that just literally having hit him on the head, you know, and, and, and Ben's experienced that recently. It's just, it's not, it's not easy. They're there, but you're, it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? So, just saying just yeah. just no, the other awful. night <laughs> yeah, yeah I, just... I put one right on the head right where a rise was nothing um but two times ago we were in a scenario um i think it was less it was about a week ago we were we were fishing off of um in that you know lockwood mustang area and it was a well as we say in surfing it was glassy so it was like an evening glass off and the sun was setting there was clouds in the sky from that storm earlier and there was this just like deep pinks and blues and grays in the sky and the water was a mere reflection and nico had spotted uh, a rising trout a little brown and i just was looking i filmed it and i was looking at the film and it was just like is this on the planet earth it was like a dream so I just love that that factor out here. Um, it's just so, you know, not to steal from the mystic area, but it is also has that mystic well, that, that factor. Was, it, it was a classic time. Like, I mean, I, I know those times exist. It was it was one of the first times Ben's got to really experience experience that. You know, the glass water, the rises, you know, the BWOs coming off, and then just watching the rises and, and chasing them. I mean, just being automatic. Here comes the rise. You see the snout come out, and boom, you're popping a fly on top of it because they'll circle back and take it. And and it was just rhythmic, you know, hook into one or two, you know, and lose a bunch because, you know, they're, they're quick. They, they spit quick, mm-hmm. you know. But um, there's just something just, so – It was just – Yeah, about dry fly fishing. It's just like the different. most raw yeah. part of fly fishing, I think. Like you're not looking for numbers. Like you're just – you're looking for that – it's like its own little – addiction you know and i'm by no way a purist of course like those guys bug me you know i i don't know about you guys but you know i do what works of course you know but it just i think that's just like an issue i see in fly fishing at least you know everyone says there's only you know like this is the way i remember going into stores and when i started fly fishing you know i'm like and i'm like i'm catching fish on like a big fat caddis pad you know and but this is before i tied anything like that you know and i'm like and I'm going into Cabela's and I'm just buying buying them out of like, you know, this cat this pattern I bought and it was just catching fish for some reason. It, you yeah. Know. And I remember one of the dudes uh, in Cabela's don't know his name, but you know, came up to me and and he's like he's like he's like oh what do you what are you getting where are you fishing you know I'm like oh I'm, you know the Truckee River you know I'm having a lot of luck with this you know he's like oh no those won't work you know I'm just like. <laughs> like, like, uh, I'm like I'm like this is the only time I've come in here and bought stuff and. Yeah. 
I know this is working, you know. Right. And I'm just like, why why do people say that, you know? Like like nobody really knows, you know, what really works, you know, like but but they'll go and act like they know, you know. Right. And it's just it, it blows my mind. There's just such this hard head in fly fishing sometimes with people you talk to when it's really all about, you know, like if you tight line nymph or dry fly, like if you if you're catching fish, man, like that's that's what that's what it's all about, I think. Right. I, and I've 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 known you. Um, we, we got we got some people admiring the yeah. conservancy. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, I've known you like I, I don't think we've ever had a dry fly trip together, but I I have known you for tying your own, figuring out your own nymph patterns and, and terrestrial patterns and stuff. And I won't give too much away, but you, you do have a a good stonish type pattern and a and a. a probably the best tied San Juan that I've come across as far as durability yeah. and stuff and uh, it's, it's it's just from you know the time that you spent figuring it out and stuff and then but I've seen you like you said you, he gets on fish like in the summer and the spring he this guy can get in the high water especially in the high water I know you love high water yeah yeah high water is tell us about that a little bit well high water is definitely my favorite time I'm I don't know if we've ever fished a high water together. I don't think we have, huh? No. We've talked about it a lot. Though. It's it's one of those things where I think we purposely avert each other because yeah. Uh, and that's actually perfect timing. It's coming soon. I'm guessing. Right. You know. So. I just feel like I get my feelings hurt if I go with him because he's gonna find <laughs> he's gonna find the one pocket. But I, but yeah. But go yeah. ahead. So, <laughs> so I mean, high water uh, for me, you know, like it, it it's super intimidating. You know, like my girlfriend at the time my wife now um you know she'd be like what are congratulations, you congratulations by the way oh uh and you've got one on the way i got one on the way yep so um Congrats. we're all pretty excited a uh, little boy so we're we're getting ready for that but uh, anyways you know my wife i just remember she'd be like what are you doing you know like it's you know what 6300 to 7800 cubic feet like like why would you like do you want to die over this i, I mean I remember going out there and literally having EMS um, and fire telling me to get out of the water because there's a dude floating down the river that fell in, you know. <laughs> and and I'm just sitting there fly fishing and I wait for it's him to pass. Funny, it's just like it makes sense. Yeah, it was like, the yeah, first you know, time I went I'm river like, okay, surfing, you know, the same and, thing. And, you know, and they're chasing him down the river. I watch him pass and I get right back in and I'm, you know, and I'm back at it. And you know, something about the high water though, I guess if you're gonna fish it. Um, Number one, get ready to lose half your box and flies, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. You want to be heavy, like like I like to use probably just like a four millimeter bead on um, on my bigger point fly. I usually do like a stone or a San Juan. Yeah. Um, four millimeter bead on the bottom, and then like a a smaller fly up top, because sometimes I noticed uh, if, if you find a good slow spot in the river um it clears up just enough so they can actually see like a 16 or 14 nymph too so right um i've I've even had it where they don't eat my big stuff at all in the high water and they're just going for like a little peaches and cream or a duracell you know um but you know i always have that little fly up top and a big one on the bottom Um, right i like to uh you know i do like a what i've what i've found recently is uh jig hooks for the high water just because there's so much debris that really helps cut down on your your uh, snag rate. I, at least for me, I don't. It, it just 
I, I feel like I lose half as many flies now that I've been using jig hooks, you know, a little more in the high water. Um, you know, and I try to adapt my patterns to the jig hook just so that hook rides up and I don't lose 50 flies or something, you know, doing a day's worth of fishing. Right, right. And it, it's, it's kind of funny, like, when, when uh, I picked up a couple of your patterns, your, mm-hmm. your stone and your, um, your San Juan, and I've always had luck. Like, my, my favorite stone has always been, like, the Nemec. Mm-hmm. Stone, and then I'd, I'd pair it with like a red San Juan and, and high water or tailwater area. Tailwater is almost all year. Mm-hmm. High water, put that in that pocket water you're, or that pocket you're talking about where it just slightly clears up. It's it's slightly slower than the rest of everything else, um, and, it, and it works great. But your yours, I've seen your catches off of your your stone and, and worm combination. It's almost like they work in tandem. Sometimes it's you may catch more on the worm, and it's like the stone's just a, a an attractor almost or. A, slash weight you know yeah and get it down there um but you've had you've had some pretty phenomenal catches in, in the high water and, that, and, that, and it's an intimidating thing to do yeah no let me feel have the the, the, the patience i mean because you're there's a lot of high water there's limited pockets mm-hmm. you know so how, how do you go about you know so tracking your i do a lot of uh a lot of exploring like because i mean the river's always changing of course you know especially with the years we've been having i've noticed like some spots that were good they're like during high water they're completely washed out by the third or fourth flood you know so um it's a lot of a lot of spelunking i call it you know you're kind of getting cold and wet and kind of like well is it slow enough here you kind of feel i like to kind of feel the bottom of the current with my feet to see how mm-hmm. it's riding on the bottom even like when you get out there but you obviously make sure you're safe you know right. don't, what don't. are you looking for when you're feeling the bottom with your feet um so i like i like to see if it's if it's muddy or if it's starting to get gravelly because i found that they 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 ride right on the edge of that mud um at least when i'm using san juans and stuff because i think those worms are getting dug out of the side of the bank yeah it's just yep. a hypothesis you know no, that's, but, about, uh, that's about right it's but right in that yeah. transition i found i've get i've got more of my bites where that it goes from the mud of the fresh bank getting cut to that gravel wow. um uh-huh. you know because i think I, I mean i've heard that you know the silt agitates their gills so they don't want to be in the you know in the right. in the debris but they want to be getting the food of course you know right um it's almost like its own little uh seam if you will you know like right like i I, and, and on the top of the water, I kind of look for, obviously, if it's a flood, um, you know, everything's moving fast. But if you look for a good bend anywhere, you know where there's good bends in the river and big rocks near the side, even that are usually out of the water. Sometimes those rocks now turn into, you know, the perfect submerged boulder, yep. you know, and that's that's like the key, um, the key for me, at least. I know, shoot. Lower river is definitely, I think, way better in the high water. Like, you probably want to stay. I've, I've caught fish at Mayberry in the high water, but it it starts getting real fast up there just because the the angle of the river coming down. So there's not too many spots it slows down that I've found. Um, I think we got two spots that that will hit, and probably spots that you probably hit. Like so up 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 top. They call it the West River, I guess. So, uh, like in Verdi, there's one off of Mogul where you have to kind of walk in, pop up on the railroad tracks, pop down. There's a little corner mm-hmm. there in high water that seems to hold, I call them the Verdi footballs. Yeah. For whatever reason. Yeah. <laughs> It'll hold a football population. And the other one is, is out by Rock. Yeah, There's rocks. a little nook out there. Yep. That'll hold, um, and, and 
Ben saw that in March. There was a big brown that was yep. old in there. I caught him like three times. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big one. But after that, I mean, it is limited, you know, until mm-hmm. you get out here and there's a lot. Yeah. yeah. And there's actually so many, you're just kind of like, I don't even know what yeah. what to do. It's, it's, yeah. it's intimidating. Um, you're like, I don't know where to go. Yeah, at least know. for me, the best section, it's probably been during high water, probably like downtown to like yeah. Cottonwood uh-huh. would be a good a good place to start if you're looking to fish high water i think right um you know you got you got enough fast water but enough concentrated slow spots to where those fish are that are usually in the fast water i feel they kind of they they're like oh there's not many spots to hang out but they all end up going to the same spot in their local area whatever's behind the rock you know the only big rock in the water because they're 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 wanting to get out of it too they don't want to work and swim and in that kind of you know turbidity they want to hang out and have you know the buffet line come down you know right during those times i think and so i, I gotta i gotta ask you um i just cut you off ben i'm sorry what was your question <laughs> oh you go first all right so i just i just wanted a quick question on fishing style so all of us kind of have a different approach and stuff and i noticed that there's a big uh euro nymphing you know following out there and then it, it, it works for a group of people you know if you're into that um my, my personal feeling there's there's a tad of fad behind it you know but you know what what's yours are you following like a euro style are you more traditional swing or do you just kind of have your own your own thing like you've adapted specifically for like so, the trucky i mean what's so your deal? i'm i'm definitely uh i i overall probably a bobber dunker you know like mm-hmm. it, it just for some reason it gets me a lot of fish you know I, yeah. I like catching a lot of fish that's just my style yeah um I love swinging flies down on the lower river, um, you know, like white patterns, olives, and olives and whites mixed together. Like those seem to work the best for me, you know, swinging. Slump buster. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know, something like that, you know, <laughs> just those tri, those double colors, and the, like I found like dark on the top and light on the bottom seems to work really good, or vice versa, you know. Um, but yeah, definitely like a bobber. Um, what I like to do most of my fishing, I do a streamer, a heavy streamer on the bottom, and then I do a nymph on the top, and that way, I kind of made it to where I can, I, I can adjust the leader super long, and I mean I don't even know what you'd call it, and I can if they are biting a swing, I can make it really long and actually swing it in right. a weird way, you know, um, just so I don't have to cut flies off, throw indicators off, and change so much. I've just found that I have, you know, like a a streamer on the bottom that's like a jig streamer of some type and i do like a little um you know 16 duracell uh, peaches and cream something like that you know at the top and i i usually like to hit a hole and um depending on what the water looks like if it's pocket water you know i dead drift past it um if it opens up toward the end of the pool i kind of like to throw it all the way across let it sink a little bit and then just kind of let it swing up you know just just so it, it lets me explore water faster so i can keep moving and you know so you do seem to have a knack for for the indicator fishing or straight i mean it is bobber fishing yeah it, i mean okay so in winter ben like i was telling you with taylor he takes me to this section of water in downtown and and he's he's upstream i'm downstream and he's like yeah down there do that and i'll go up here and you're just hitting these these ripple seams uh and just it was i think at least in, in, in one section, you had seven fish in, like, 15, 20 minutes or something. Every time I look over, and he's like, hey. He'd just be like, hey. He'd, like, nod his head and 
There's another fish. And it almost got like rhythmic where he was just almost like, I don't think he was annoyed, but his body posturing. <laughs> Taylor's <laughs> posture was kind of like, I got another one. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, and this, I mean, and this was in January. It was last January or the one before. It was just, it was cold. You yeah, said was, that was Idlewild? It was around Idlewild, yeah. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it I think it was, Idlewild, yeah. But it was bitter cold, like uncomfortably cold. And he was just, summer fishing. Like, literally, he was fishing a summer section. That water was low, riffled, oxygenated. You're maybe thigh deep. Just, just ripping them out. That's yeah. one of the things I love about fly fishing is, you know, there's there's rules. There's kind of these constants, but there's always the game changer. There's always the thing that falls out of the normal pattern. It, it, and I like the story you told um, up close to the Patagonia area where you had walked over a bridge and you saw, you said, literally a hundred trout. And I know you, you're not an exaggerator. Yeah, no, it was... And I know for a fact they're not always there. That's another beauty of the sport. (laughs) They just leave. But you had... uh, Tell us about your experience in that uh, area when you went back to fish it and how you had to figure out what what it was going to take to get them to uh, bite. Yeah, so, I mean, like you said, it was just one of those weird things. Uh, You know, I just saw this. It was just a like a classic almost bait fish school like how they swim in the ocean of just trout you know over there at mayberry i was just walking with my wife and i look in a crack and a bridge and i see them all and i'm like oh my gosh like i've never seen anything like that it was just super weird um you know so i go over there and bring my gear after we come back from the walk you know and i i have all my normal patterns i'm like oh yeah this will get them you know it always does in the winter you know like a you know, a little betis, heavy betis pattern, you know, uh, um, ones I've been really liking for winter, you know, like the, uh, midges, the, uh, uh, what's the one, uh, pertagons, you know, stuff like that, you know, those are always, those are hard, those are hard patterns to beat in the winter, you know, and, and, you know, just nothing was working, and I was, you know, this is the most fish I've seen in the river all year, you know, it's middle of winter, you know. And what year was this, last year, or two years ago? This was, I think this was about three years ago. Okay. It was right before I ended up moving to Elko, but that's another story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, so I'm, I'm fishing it just like I've always fished it before in the winter, and I'm like, man, these are not, you know, they're, they're kind of feeding off the surface, but there's nothing hatching, I don't see anything in the water. They're just being weird. They're, it's almost like they were in like a, like a, a spawn mentality. But it yeah. was, you know, it was late October, November-ish, you know. So I'm just like, you know, they're not spawning. I don't know what they're doing. They could have been planners for all I know. Who knows what they were, you know. Um, but finally, I, I had this little tiny, you know, Pertagon nymph. And I just bought these stupid fluorescent orange beads on a whim and for like some mountain fishing you know like for brookies and stuff and i had like two or three patterns in that and i was like i'll try it you know like i've never caught anything i've tried them a lot you know just they've never really done anything and that was that was the pattern you know like it was just they were in some weird little mode where they were thinking they were spawning but nothing was spawning i guess and they wanted that hot little bead i guess i i i I don't know it was the weirdest thing you know (laughs) but just having that patience to say my method doesn't always work you know and trying something you know just always trying something different that's like 
that's what just what I found is like the key to this thing, you know. Well, absolutely. And, and, and speaking of something different, so like that's kind of one of the reasons that we kind of wanted to do a podcast. Well, it's Ben's idea to do it outside, which I was constantly just refusing and saying it's the dumbest idea in the world. And then lo and behold, about what you started asking about two weeks ago, mentioning it, like maybe we should do it outside. Let's try it outside. And I'm like, dude, it's so cold so ugly and awful outside and then here comes this day 66 degrees you know it middle of winter like just a lucky day perfect day at the conservancy at the ranch but that brings a light so recently there's been a regulation change in the east Mm -hmm. and and i think for our types we see for the better of of the fishery here so i mean uh, the new reg all the way from the mustang bridge uh down to um uh Paiute Pyramid, yeah. Well, no. Oh, actually, yeah. All yeah, all the way through Pyramid Paiute um, is going to be. It's a three game fish limit. However, a one trout limit with artificial um, barbless only. You can still run a buffet line. You Mm. know, I clarified that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But uh, but I mean, what do you think? Do you think that's going to have, from your experience, would that have a positive impact as angler's perspective? Do you see? positivity in that maybe it'll help enhance the fishery or the trophy fishery or what do you you feel about that i mean yeah so i i mean i've always loved the lower river i mean just because like we've already talked about it's Mm. you know there's big trout there's beautiful big trout but you know you got to work for them down here Um, i think the truckie definitely needed it it needs a section that's you know got got some relief on it you know like because it i mean especially when you go to the california side you know just driving the highway you just see all the pressure all the way down up and down the river you know yeah. i think it's definitely good to have a section that you have you know you have some some restrictions and just kind of giving the fish a little bit of a break and not you know swallowing hooks of bait and stuff like that but at the same time you know um you know i think we all most people learn bait fishing you know sure um and you know my dad he's you know he's hardcore still you know he loves his bait fishing you know power bait everything like that you know um so I, I think it's important to not. There's <laughs> someone walking in with the spin rig as we're yeah. talking about paper. <laughs> you know, I, I, I do think it's it's uh, important to, uh, you know, not forget our roots, I guess, you know, because, I mean, yeah, you know, like like me now, I'm avid catch and release, you know. I, I just, I like smoke trout, you know, but I just don't like like keeping them, you know. Like right. I, just, I enjoy letting them go. You know, but uh, I think as long as we have, like, you know, a good section that's more aimed toward conservation and fly fishing where those fish can kind of have a break and breed without having as much pressure, you know, right. I think that's always good. But I think it's good to also have those those access points because we, we all pay, you know, we all buy a fishing license. We all pay. Yep. We all pay for this conservation, you know, yep. and we're, we're all responsible for how great this river's doing now, you know, like, yeah. Like bait fishermen, fly fishermen, everybody, you know, like we've all contributed. Um, and I think we've all had a huge impact, you know, like just in my time fishing it, it's the river's gotten phenomenal, well, you know. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I feel yeah. I feel like there's a different there's gonna be a different balance to the river. There's there's gonna be and there has been some negative feedback, you know, on that mm-hmm. transition. However, as I look at it, you know, we're on the Nevada side, you know, everywhere everywhere from state line through downtown you know, all the way up, maybe up to Vista almost, you get a, a regular assortment of, of, you know, fly fishermen, bait fishermen, spin fishermen, you know, whatever the case may be. 
you know however during the summer months that side of the river is rather heavily stocked with planters mm-hmm. with the sole intention of of being caught of of you know contributing to those you know hey i pay for my fishing license i want to you know go catch a foot and take and you could take those home all day long the kids could learn to fish mm-hmm. in a safe environment safer shorelines and i think it's pretty great on the east it's more had a, since all the restoration work down here it's had a tendency to develop as a trophy fishery i mean we've seen the fish that come out of here we've caught them we've seen them um and they kind of keep that that you know uh, heavier traffic to one side and then reserving this side for that and and then i mean the other side it's this isn't the most accessible piece of river this is big water down here yeah this is not safe water for the most part i mean you're not i've heard comments where some people are saying that you know kids were getting cut out you know oh you're ruining it for the kids and i'm like well if if you're taking your kid to the east on most parts you, you might dicey you, you, dicey you, you got to really think that there's there's places that you can don't get me yeah. wrong but ben what would you say i mean 85 90 percent of the shoreline is it's it's hard for adults we can get ourselves in situations that are scary mm-hmm. you, we get in situations where we better not be by ourselves when we go to this section yeah you yeah know, even so. even just spotting certain sections you know you've got the brush line that drops down good 10 feet straight into the deepest part of a curve and i know just dry flying there's so much brush there's some areas where it's just you know you you really have to uh think about your environment and this might not be the it's just different out here it's more Mm -hmm. wild i think and i do like that in the regulation though you can still catch fish yeah yeah right i I think that's you know like you know like if you even if you look at it like from the hunting side of things, you know, like and you see how people manage hunting, like there's no catch and release hunting wise, of course, you know, but no. <laughs> but we still, you know, our even Nevada's hunting, I think, is gone. You know, there's been some big deer, big, you know, and you ask yourself, how are all these, you know, big deer coming out and people are killing them every year, you know, and it's like, you know, it's it's just having a limit, you know, it's it's right. keeping that balance, you know, it's it, nature's a balance, everything's a balance, you know, and and taking some fish out, um, like honestly if somebody gets lucky and they catch you know a bait fisherman up river catches you know a 10 15 pound brown you know I, I remember seeing pictures like that online you know where a bait fisherman catches one and keeps a big old brown and just people are ripping him apart you know and i'm like man you know like yes it's i love that brown you know like i would love to catch it you know of course sure. you know something like that anybody would love to and it's you know it sucks that he kills it or whatever in your opinion and stuff but i also think like well you know that brown was a big predator and that's going to give a lot of other fish opportunities to grow now too sure you know so you know i mean i personally would let it go maybe but he kept it he followed the regulations like you know it's it's a like more fish will grow that big you know like if we had one now that the big one's gone that's probably eaten a bunch of fish i'm sure another one will take his place you know well it's just just like with any you know these brown trout and and cutthroat environments you know especially the brown trout you take it out of its home yeah you you take that 15 pounder out of its home uh you know a six seven eight pounder is gonna move in 
yeah and grow to the same size you know yeah and yeah. it's probably his kid you know Pro- you probably know, his or her you know, kid you know i, I think maybe <laughs> as fly fish we look at it we, we just don't want to see like too many ripped out or so we start freaking out you yeah know? but i mean i think the river can handle it but i think again with this regulation it feels that okay well we have an area where we know it's gonna benefit you know the, the sport fishery yeah. and all this and that and we, we got our we got our little place now and there's going to be some heads button over it for a little bit but then people will get over yeah. it you know yeah. and just it'll just it'll spread out you know it, it is what it yeah. is and right. you had mentioned uh <laughs> hunting um i know you do some hunting as well and we were talking about before the podcast the three of us about how much of a joy in flight in fishing the trucky is just the nature around you Nico and I were at another part of the McCarran Ranch and recently, and we'd seen uh, some big mountain lion tracks, undeniable, fresh, wet, uh, in the mud. And I was just uh, wanted to find out from you, what, are, what is some of the, the nature that you've seen while you've been fishing the Truckee? So the Truckee, I mean... The coolest one, and we talked about this earlier off the podcast, but uh, I ended up seeing a bighorn sheep right down here at the Nature Conservatory. Um, and I mean, I don't know if I was just super lucky or what, but I was fly fishing, um, shoot, just up from here, actually, probably two river bends up, maybe a mile or so. Um, I looked over, um, you know, I see a lot of wild horses out here all the time, and I'm like, oh, that looks like a, you know, nonchalant. I'm like, oh, big animal laying down, that's a horse, you know middle of the day hot i'm just kind of fly fishing and i keep working toward it closer and i'm like oh you know it hasn't moved you know i kind of look at it and i only see its body and i'm like yeah it's a horse blah 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 you know and then i look back over and all of a sudden i see a horn and i'm like mm. like what is that you know so i start walking closer and i take my phone out and sure enough it's a it's a bighorn sheep you know <laughs> and i'm like oh my gosh you know and he's just laying there he's watching me fish i'm watching him lay there you know and we probably hung out looking at each other for like 30 minutes and he stood up kind of walked up the mountain i kept walking down the river fishing and then he walked back down and laid down again and you know that was definitely the coolest thing i've i've seen on a truckie that close to reno you know that is cool the closest i've been to a bighorn sheep here next to the truckie is in shields yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's stuffed <laughs> So hey, you know what? Let's let's talk a little bit about your experience in the east. So you, you got just phenomenal Truckee River experience, you know, prowess and all that type of stuff. But you've taken a lot of ventures out east, and and you, I think you've indulged in the angling aspect in Nevada that most people don't get to do or don't see or don't even know about. You know, maybe could you tell us a little bit about you know some of your experiences out east and 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 what what that's been like for you yeah so uh i moved to elko for about a year so i i was blessed with having some really far out there fly fishing you know um i fished the jarbidge river mary's river um i mean those are probably rivers most people don't even know actually you know i i want to call them rivers they're they're more streams on the nevada side at least but right (laughs) um to nevadans they're they're rivers we take pride in the uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and just having some water somewhere you know um but uh yeah i mean uh south fork reservoir uh shoot there i mean there's there's the ruby marshes were phenomenal they're they're great everything out there is awesome um but definitely i learned i learned a lot of small stream fishing when i when i moved over there um i brought a lot of my truckie tactics over there and found out that 
the water's definitely not as deep as the Trekkie, you know. So I was like, oh shoot, I got to change. I got to completely, you know, I, I kind of went back to basics. I went with more unweighted flies uh, when I was hitting mm-hmm. stuff, stuff like the Jarbage River, looking for bull trout or uh, red sides. Uh, I was kind of working on my native fl- fish slam while I was over there. I, right. I sadly I didn't end up catching a bull trout, but I did get one of the red sides, and uh, I caught. I found a little stream up there. They have some Lahontans, believe it or not. Um, in a stream up there as well. Wow. wow. Yeah. So uh, um, that was pretty cool catching little tiny Lahontan. You know, and I think I I'm pretty sure they naturally breed in there. I'm not positive though. Um, but it was kind of cool catching a small Lahontan cutthroat in a stream versus you know the right. Pyramid Lake one. Right. But you know they they both have their beauty and joy. You know. Um, sure. But yeah, uh, the Jarbage. You know, going back to like your classic hair's ear and stuff like that. I I learned that you know swinging the flies again you know and the unweighted's just as important once you you know it's the exact opposite of the truckie you know right um and then i really got into a lot of uh uh still water fishing over mm-hmm. there um i was really hitting that hard uh, over at like wild horse and uh south fork you sure. know you know those are two lakes i really haven't heard a lot of people fly fishing so much you know right more, and more even like ice fishing yeah it's like, like, a like thing you know nice horses, fish yeah. ice fishing you know and mm-hmm. stuff um there's a nice little fly shop in elko the elko fly shop it's i mean the guy i, I talked to the guy in there he's awesome he's a nice dude if you guys are ever wanting to fish that awesome. i highly recommend going to talk to him he's an awesome dude he'll strike up a conversation with you um nice. a lot of Thank info you for that. I, I used him for a lot of my info out there um and if you're gonna hit those reservoirs for sure, um, I I did I was doing a black jig style leech under an indicator, and you know I tried a bunch of other stuff, but they love the black from like spring to probably fall. You know, really? just it's like the that, go-to almost. Yeah, yeah, just it. You know, obviously, you know, then you get the frozen lakes after that. You know, so yeah, it's a whole different. I'm sure black still works. Like you just probably. can't fly fish it. You know, <laughs> right? It's, yeah, three feet of three or four feet of ice, whatever. <laughs> right you know but but yeah i mean just you know i'd have 50 fish days over there you know on wild horse and then and then i really got into uh popper fishing for bass and like the ruby marshes and uh oh, nice you know on the fly rod and that's that's a blast if you guys ever have time to do it i definitely recommend it you know summertime just you know any little popper and just i mean you know most of them are small but every once in a while you get that big you know lunker that jumps up and Spitzy done bait. a little bit in Reno in some of these little ponds. They got some bass, put some, you know, a little yeah. small little popper on, and you know, nothing too big, but they are. <laughs> it it yeah. is a black because you see them the whole time almost. Yep. And you yeah. see them come up and take it, and you're just like, wow. You know, yeah, it's its, its own. Uh, I mean, the bass fishing. I know there's a lot of bass fishermen in Nevada, but there's not a lot of bass. For, you right. know, like a lot of people want to find them, but uh, I would definitely recommend uh, South Fork mm-hmm. has a lot of smallmouth and nice. I've I caught my biggest smallmouth out of there for sure. I think it was about four, four or so pounds, you know, big, nice. you know, decent smallmouth, you know. It felt like a 12-pound trout. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, just, you're like, whoa, what is that, you know. Right. And, and the bass <laughs> fishing was definitely, you know, that was newer for me, you know, and seeing that they eat the same thing, you know, pretty much. Like pretty the, much. The black, the black leech under an indicator, it was getting everything there, you know. <laughs> so nice. You got to love it. Nice. So here's here's one of our favorite parts of the podcast is you know, you've had some travels. I mean, you lived in Elko, um, Reno, Truckee River, the rivers in the east. You know, overall that you gotta get you gotta get hungry. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, so 
this is where we talk about burritos. Plain and simple. Talk about it, man. What's up? All right. <laughs> burritos. I mean, is, there, is there one? Is there? Do you have a specific, like, if it's a, if it's a burrito, is it, you know, is there a specific one? Do you have a go-to? Or if it's not the burrito, do you have a go-to, like, hey, here's my adventure food or adventure foods? Like, what, what do you got going there? Well, besides stopping at the gas stations so you can get fishing faster, you know. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. but uh, no, definitely, uh, I think my my favorite burrito has been oh man that's so tough because you got more than one well, it's right. I well mean, it's, it, that's me like you guys like i mean i've i've been on the quest you know like Correct. the best tacos and burritos you know like that's well it's a never-ending quest yeah so you know? maybe, so maybe we should rephrase it uh, the two date <laughs> <laughs> two date the two date burrito what do you oh man i i'd have to say that the uh oh man i think it's called Taqueria Imas. I think that's what it's called. It's okay. in Fernley. Well, we're getting deep here. Yes. I, I can see Ben over I, here. There's <laughs> a lot of potential there when you said Fernley. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, I mean, when I look for a place, it's usually very small, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, even out of a car. Like, those are the best places. Okay. Yeah. There was a place on Airway in Peckham. I never got the name because mm-hmm. it was always dark when I went there before work, but phenomenal plates of tacos it's a food truck i don't know where you find it but it's like that's like the one i always look for but wait 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 a second so you don't remember the name now that's great yeah because that that's another thing we like so if you can hear it i got our list here um i got a pen somewhere but we'll remember this This one this is like a quest well it's a quest but the fact this is something we need to add to the list yes when you can't remember the name but you know where it's at that you're remembering the taste not the marketing not the branding right right now that those were the best tacos and burritos i've ever probably had in northern nevada for sure it was some food truck that always hung around airway and peckham one of our future podcast guests uh, who's going to be on here he is an optometrist out in fernley and he is an avid burrito hunter so he's going to be happy to hear that. I mean, it yeah. sounds like we all just got assigned a quest. Yeah, and they're it, you know, and they're always there late at night. That's all I like. You know, not super late because I think they'd catch everybody leaving the Atlantis after work or something like that. But <laughs> you know, but then they're the the best place that's like a restaurant. Restaurant, I'd have to say, mm-hmm. is Taqueria y Mas in Fernley. Okay. And what's nice about them, as I was going to them when they were just like this little shack mm-hmm. in downtown Fernley, it was. Like, if you drove downtown from here, it'd be on your right if you were heading toward Fallon. Okay, yeah. And it was just, I mean, there was enough for a kitchen, and they had some tables outside. Outside? Yeah. Not even? Not, not, oh. yeah. They had, like, a little covering and some bathrooms around the back of their little sh- shack place, you know. But, uh, I mean, the line's always pretty long, actually, surprisingly, oh. you know. So, and that's how I saw it, because I was like, man, look at all those people looking for, you know, they're going there. And that, you know, that has to be good. And pulled in, and sure enough. And they actually made so much money. Now they got iPads and stuff, and they're over by Starbucks and uh, Fernley now. So, <laughs> have you ever got, you guys ever eaten there? Burritos and technology. My mind's exploding. Yeah. I don't know what. Th- th- there's a lot that we can go off in that conversation. I mean, <laughs> from a marketing aspect, where you have you don't have enough rooms. I mean, y- you can visually like 
lure people into thinking that you have something great by not having the inside seating, only outside, and you always have that illusion of line. Even if there's only like four or five people, people are like, oh, that must be great. But in this turn, this this case, it is great. And the fact that they evolved from that location into another one with with technology, like the, the, the burrito demand is that high that they're probably trying to quantify and capture metrics on the consumption of burritos. That's fascinating. Yeah, like they got a whole store in there now, you know, they got grocery, little mini grocery store and stuff. Ooh, like, what? They, like they went crazy. It makes me miss the little, you know, the, that first little shack that I walked well, up to, though. Well, give us a quick yes. description. So we're, we're intrigued. Like, so we, when you bite into the burrito and, and, and paint this for the listener as you bite into it, like, what, what do we got going on inside? Like, what's your favorite burrito for one? I mean, I know there's different things you can get I me. Mean, what do you prefer? I, I mean, like the super burritos with, you know, everything. All you right. Know, like, I, I listened to you guys' earlier podcasts. I know sure. you guys kind of are more on the meat side of things. That's you fine. Know, but it's, yeah. all, it's all good. Right. Like, we're all bur- burrito lovers, you know. Right. Um, I, yeah. I don't want to admit this on the podcast, but I actually switched to a plant-based diet, unfortunately, for that side of the conversation, but I just feel so good. So <laughs> yeah, I'm no. not going to knock you for not going on the meat side. Hey, hey, it's all good. I'm not knocking you on the veggie side either. But I've had <laughs> some, you know, you do feel good when you go on the veggie side, you know, like I did it for a little bit too, you know, where you're like, oh man, I feel so light and uh-huh. carefree you know that's exactly how you said it <laughs> yeah you feel lighter i don't know what it is when you do that. sure right. but yeah definitely um but yeah getting into that burrito though um i'd have to say you know like like i like a good spanish rice in it you know like a good spanish rice in the okay. burrito and I like the exotic meats. I don't know about you guys. Sure. Like, so, you, like, yeah, that's where we want to dig okay. into. What do you got going? Like, so we got, name? I mean, I'm kind of tied between lengua, uh-huh. buche, uh-huh. and probably cabeza. Uh, you know what? That, that, you know, it's, like it, those those yeah. are hard ones. I can't compare them. They have their own, like, mm-hmm. you know, their their own goodness in a burrito, you know, like. So, so to translate, for those that don't habla, so that's that's tongue head which is normally if it's head it's usually like cheek uh, or jowl and then what was the other one i think uh buche so that's like your the stomach meat okay almost. yeah interesting that's yeah that's literally diving down into territory <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean it, it's an acquired taste i guess but mm-hmm. like but but for tongue like everybody runs from tongue right you know you think of your cow tongue but but cow tongue is probably the first weirder meat I've actually tried, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is filet mignon!" Like, so I started calling it poor man's filet mignon because nobody orders it, <laughs> and it's it's super tender. Like when it's cooked right, it's super tender. You well, know, you find those at like, uh, well, you know this being in Reno and, and out in Elko, uh, tongue is on the menu at a lot of Basque uh, restaurants. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'll get it like in a bowl, and it'll be diced up with you know sauteed and, and stewed and whatnot and it's it's pretty phenomenal in that yeah it, it's it's it takes a second to kind of get over that yeah. i'm eating a cow tongue but you're right you know the tenderness and and then when you get into that that head meat yeah um, it does scare a lot of people but what a lot of people don't realize some of the best meat on an animal whether it's a pig or a cow usually comes off yeah. well even fish like i heard uh, with uh you know like halibut it's halibut i've heard halibut and uh redfish like in the east coast they oh, eat really? the cheeks you know like the, the cheek meat you know like they're like a little scallop and, i guess and, and believe it in there is a high demand in, in, in high-end kitchens and restaurants for halibut cheek meat yeah you get chefs ask for it and he'll throw it you're like 
what? What? <laughs> what? Halibut cheek? And they're like, oh. They're like, it's... Check, they have cheeks? Yeah. Yeah. When I was 19, I was on a mission, and I lived in Micronesia. And I lived in Guam, Saipan, but the majority of it were out in the Palawan Islands. And it was an honor, if you were the guest, to be able to eat the, the brain of the fish. Oh, wow. So it was also a skill set to be able to get to the brain. So that brought me back memories of slurping out that brain with everybody at the table watching you. <laughs> so, yeah, so did you have to dig it for it as well and show them your skill Yes, set? exactly. That was You're pretty much it. most of it. By the time you slurped it out, you were just... It better taste good, right? Yeah, it just kind of tasted like, I don't know, salty butter. <laughs> So I think I think at this point we, we kind of we got some direction and, and and awesome intel on the burritos. Thank you. That yeah, was that was yeah. more than I was actually anticipating. I, I'm a burrito hunter as well. I I have mad respect for you guys adding the burritos into fly fishing. It's important. That know? that was all Nico's idea. No, I love nobody it. appreciates I that, but I want to I want you guys to know I appreciate it. Well, well good. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, and having the understanding, the complete experience of being outdoors, you know, like in engaging the outdoors. Um, you you have to feel that somehow, right? Yeah, and, and you, you you can choose not to, and it makes for quite an interesting day, you know. But it's just all part of that experience, you know. And if you can add, if you can add to the excitement of it, knowing like, oh, I have a go-to before, during, or after, you know. Or if you don't, maybe you can, you know. If you're listening to the podcast, be like, oh, well, that's a great idea, you know. Or maybe I'll go try that place or go try to find a place of my own, you know. Yeah, because it does it does add to the experience and, and definitely dipping into the river or any type of fly fishing where as as ben's experience with me it's a lot of fast moving and a lot of it there's miles like oh we're just going to go here i mean very few cases where we don't walk out with at least a mile underneath our our, our feet a mile is like yeah, oh, yeah. you know I yeah mean, there's times That's i think we've spent days together where we'll beat up i, I mean i know i've got up to five or six or more in a day just traversing yeah you know? no I'm, so. I'm with you guys i mean i've i've even gone as far as you know you you end up four miles from the car and i'm stupid and don't bring water with me and i'm drinking water out of the top of the river you know like i'm like oh man that is i pushed that's move, risky business that i survived yeah that is a diet plan unlike I survived. any other <laughs> yes. Yes. usually the upper river though not not the lower river so uh, uh, you don't want to yeah. drink after the yeah. uh after the water homeless camps and that too is that bad <laughs> you're like you're like well what is it do i want do i want giardia or e coli yeah which, which one's easier transition you know so and then, you're and, sit, that, and then you get to sit there and you're like well i can call in sick to work i can fish more too you know right? you'll, you'll right. be calling in sick for a, a year yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious i um yeah, so basically, uh, that kind of reminds us of one of the, the burrito questionnaires. Uh, one of the things we rate as important is, does at least one review complain of food poisoning at mm. your favorite burrito places? You know, they they don't even have reviews that I know of. So That's next that's, level. That is next level. I you know because the one i don't know the name so i don't even know if it has like a yelp or anything um taqueria imas i haven't even looked at that one hmm. i need to look at it because i was eating there before the reviews so and now um we got another question which one we got such a long list here it's the tortilla 
transparent. Oh yeah, tortilla quality. So like, what's that like? Is it is it firm? Can you kind of? Is there a high lard content? Can you see through? Is it transparent? I mean, what what's going on there? It's like a stretchy tortilla. You, you know what I'm talking about? Mm. Have you you know where you uh-huh. can get that pliable? Yeah, you get that little stretch in there. I love you know, and that. then like the bottom of that burrito, like what's in, like the last bite. Where you have that knot of bread at the bottom that's just been soaking the, the mm-hmm. goodness, you know, yes. like that to me, that knot and that fold that's nice and tight, that for that last bite, that's that's like the the weird little icing on the cake for me. I'm seeing like Anthony I mean? Bourdain with a light from heaven behind him right now <laughs> as I look at you. <laughs> You've got a a gift. <laughs> wow. And here's here's one here's one that I have to ask in the end on the burrito. Um, are meat sweats part of the equation? Pick your favorite meat one that you're like. That's my go-to. You know. I'd say it's about twenty percent meat sweats because usually yeah. I'm getting a burrito and I'm wanting to hit the river. You know, like ah, you know what I mean. So okay. it's. Like, I usually don't want to be completely immobile, but I want to be like satisfied. Mm-hmm. So, so there's yeah about there's twenty percent. So you're not you're not losing sleep over it. Yeah, that's good. So I'm not you know I'm not waddling down to the river. You know I get to kind of like, okay I ate. I don't have to worry about eating the rest of the time I fish. You know. So yes. so looking up in the sky here, I don't know what, what we got. I just we got to share this with oh. the viewers. I don't know if we got two goldens or if those are two really big red tails but i feel those those look like red tails yeah big red tails the big ones wow they 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 entered flight in a circular pattern right as you were talking about the burrito right yeah right i know there's a lot going they, on here it's it's anthony bourdain he's uh yeah you know, he's he's summoning some critics to uh Yes. Come watch me, I guess. <laughs> That's great. Steal my burritos and bring them up to him or something. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was just kind of, I run into a lot of anglers, you know. I fly fish, but it's all, I just always enjoy seeing them. Um, we talk, you know, we have the same goal, which is to really kind of tap into that that side of life that's in our natures, and not be too bogged down in the technological age, you know, to kind of keep our, our pulse on where we all come from. And it seemed to me like you really got a fast start in fly fishing. Do you attribute a lot of that to your background as an angler growing up um, traditional fishing? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I just remember as a kid just loving it, you know, uh, you know, me and my dad, those are like, those are the memories, you know, me and my dad, my brother just out, you know, having a ball, just reeling in fish, you know, and, and me just wanting to always be like on that next level, like, how can I catch more? You know, how can I do better? How can I, you know, I want the big one. I want the small one. I want, you know, whatever, you know, Sure. like always just always kind of having a goal in fishing, you know, like that's always been my drive. And then, you know, when I found fly fishing, I was like, okay, you know, like we'll, we'll try it. And now it's like I can't I can't get rid of it, you know. And, and what what would be your recommendation to say a listener that's that's kind of getting into the sport or 
or struggling. There's a lot of guys and gals that have been on the river for a while. They'll be like, I've been trying to hit the Truckee for, for years, and, you know, I could count how many fish on one hand I pulled out. I mean, as, as, as an experienced and accomplished angler <clears throat> on the Truckee and, and other waters, what would be a piece of advice or two to be kind of just like, hey, narrow it down for them to maybe get them to be a little bit more successful? Yeah. So, what would you say? So I think... For me, what I wish I would have done, I wish I would have reached out and went fishing with somebody, you know, like sure. somebody that kind of does it like that, you know, and that's kind of goes back to our other talk, topic of people not wanting to, you know, be open and kind of, right. you know, fish, you know, like I don't like telling random people on the internet where I fish, but, sure. but like I'll go fishing with you. Like if somebody on the internet's yeah. like, hey man, like, you know, are you fishing this weekend? You know, like it sounds weird, right? But. You know, like you most in the fishing world, like it's nobody's different. gonna be weird, right? You know, well, we are, At we least, are yeah. weird, yeah. I mean. We're weird, <laughs> we're all weird, so I guess it's okay, you know. But I if somebody's so frustrated that you know, like I, I've actually had people, you know, even friends of friends that are like, hey, dude, Bill told me you fly fish, like, like what do you do? You know, I'm like, dude, just come with me, like, let's right. go, you know, right. and and then you know, and I you know, I show them my knots, I show them whatever, you know, cause that's the frustrating part. You know, you know, you're like, am I tying the knots right? Am I, you know, is my, what's, what's tippet and what's all these sizes, you know, th what's three X, I called it six pound. Like, you know, right. there's all this stuff you're, you're just thrown into and you're like, I need tippet or can I use normal fishing line? You know, like what's going on? That what's the one, difference? That's Flora one of the first things. Yeah. I remember just real quick yeah. hopping into it. There's a lot of this tippet talk and I'm like, what's a tip it you're like where do i get that how what's that yeah. what is it is and that you're a like, lure? that's <laughs> you know? and then you're over there still buying stren and you're like this still works it know? still works like yeah same thing kind of right right yeah. right right and, and, it, and it is you know I've, i made it work you know you run out of tip it i i'm like oh sweet i, I had this I, in my car <laughs> you know still. i do the same thing yeah. still yeah but, you <laughs> know I, um but oh, yeah i ahead. think reaching out and you know like trying to find somebody that's into it with you that's 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 super helpful i think because i mean it took me probably two years before i was like i can go out and say i'm gonna catch a fish for sure mm -hmm. like 99 percent chance like because i i just been studying it i've you know i've tried everything you know spent lots of money just trying stupid things that yeah now i look back i'm like oh my god i did i bought that to right <laughs> and i was doing this you know but right but yeah just reaching out getting somebody's opinion and i think number two even for us older, you know, more seasoned anglers, and you know, I catch myself falling into it. Is don't, don't get stuck. Like, don't say this is the way. You know, like, yep. like try. You know, always be like, don't shut somebody down just because. Oh well, I've been fly fishing five more years than you. You don't know what you're doing. Because right. I mean, I've gone out with buddies that are green as hell. You know, and and they they beat me on a random day where it, and on a river I take them to, and they've never fished. You know, and I'm sure. like. Like, I'm happy for him, you know? I'm like, man, how did he beat me? You know? Right? Yeah. You know? But then I have other buddies where it's cutthroat, you know? It's like like my buddy Dylan Allegre, <laughs> you know? Like, we go fishing, and it, sometimes his dad will, tack, you know, go with us as well. And his dad's over there taking a nap on the beach, and he's like, I can't handle you guys. You, get, you know, and we're just like, you know, like. <laughs> the competition. Like, you know, hook one, <laughs> then you're over there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, Friendly Like, he's, friendly he's beating rivalry. me at Pyramid by half a pound right now. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So there's a yeah, wow. So, and I and what sucks is I thought I beat him because I was like, yes, yours was only 15, right? And he's like, no, mine was 17 and a half. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> Just a couple nights ago, uh, 
one one of the things we loved is our podcast with Brennan Best, and he's talking about the Pyramid Lake bobber battle. And Nico and I, we were both on the same bank, um, and we were dry, were dry flying, and actually we were on opposite sides but we both saw the same rise and we both put our flies they were probably two inches apart floating down equally and we both shouted bobber battle like new version. <laughs> like never thought of it like doing a dry fly just going that's like the purest version right there. the that's purest like version hardcore. right right like yeah mine's better. and we both have the same flies on it's hilarious what would like, you guys have done if you ate both in one bite because they're so Oh, oh, I would. Yeah. Then it would be uh, yeah. like the wishbone on Thanksgiving. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who gets the bigger piece of the fish? Yeah. No, just because over there, like I got three X on. You're done. Yeah. Right. I right. got the top fin. You got the tail. <laughs> Which one's better? Right. Right. <laughs> and then um, I just wanted to just add that I loved your suggestion about the mentoring and. Um, I kind of wanted to plug some a project Nico and I are going to be volunteering with uh, coming up in the future at a Truckee um, with veterans. And Nico, do you want to kind of uh, describe oh, that? Yeah, yeah. So um, up at the uh, Cedar House uh, Sport Hotel, um, and during the summer they, they host um, Wounded Warriors. Mm-hmm. And they bring them through for, if I got this right, hopefully I do, but, you know, for about a week or so. And they'll, they'll kind of give them the full boat accommodation, and they'll get them outdoors, and they, they give them that whole experience being outside, networking and stuff, and they have activities for them to do. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the activities that they put out there from time to time is, is fly fishing, you know, and, and, and especially on the summer to get them on the water and learn that, you know, just, just, just the basics, you know, but yeah. put them outside, get them on the water, and, 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 we're going to have the opportunity this summer to help out with a, a few of those just to, you know, pass that, like our, what we've learned along to somebody else. And it, more, more than it just being getting outdoors as a release, you know, but for some of these people, they, they have either, you know, maybe a, a, like a TBI, you know, a traumatic you know, brain injury, or maybe it's a physical ailment or, or whatever the case may be, it's just something to release them from that. And, and things that I have read about, this and seen you know programs and then read you know so it's just really big on the east coast mm-hmm. um they'll get you know veterans that are suffering from like ptsd or, or physical ailments t- flying tie or tying flies mm-hmm. because it's such a concentrated effort you know and they get into it it, it really helps people yeah you know and it, at, at least it just gets them outdoor they get the experience and the appreciation for it so that that's what we're going to be doing uh, a little bit this summer, you know, and and if, diving into that. If so. you're out there listening and and you've felt that call to be a mentor or to take somebody, a veteran, or you know, there's so many different incredible people like uh, the people at the Cedar House who are really committed to helping their, you know, fellow brothers and sisters to, per se. If you guys have time and you want to volunteer, reach out to us on our website at Bearfish Alliance and we'll put you in touch with um, opportunities where you could do that sometime maybe you don't know exactly when but if you just have the desire alone let us know and then we could figure out the when right yeah and and, and to speak to what you talked about about not giving away spots I'm kind of 
I'm not, I, I don't have a problem like giving away spot. You know, I'll give the general yeah. area, you know, but if, if I'm taking you to that water, if I see somebody on that water, I'm, I'm always more than glad. And Ben's the same way to be like, Hey, what you doing? How you doing? You know, this is yeah. us, you know, and like to meet you. And he always liked to see people on the fish, you know, because one thing that people forget about is with the river, it's like, if, if you're there one day, it's it, that's just one day on the river. It's, it's, it's a, it's a flowing living thing. Fish move around. It's not like right. someone pulls a fish out from behind that rock. Well, that's it. Yeah. Forever. Well, there's going to be a fish back there probably the next day. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, so it, it's constantly flowing. So you're not really giving too much away. Yeah. You know, but. Well, and you know, <laughs> not to cut you off or anything, but I've, I've fished the truckie and I've been like, oh, you know, that guy's in my, you know, guy's in my spot, you know. Oh, but, yeah. You know, oh, sure. and, yeah. you know, we've all done it, right? <laughs> yeah. But, oh, yeah. yeah. But I've even gone, you know what? Like, I'm just, I'm just going to fish behind, you know. Well, like, forces you know. Well, then you actually yeah. have to go look for another spot. Well, well, no. I've even I've even done it where I fished behind, you know, a riffle behind, you know, and I'm like, I know he's probably hit this. This is his car right next to mine, but right. I'll fish behind him and, you know, follow him up the river. Right. You know, like a, a run behind, you know. Yeah. And that way you're not, you know, you're not stepping on his toes. Right. He beat you there, kind of. But, you know, or I like to go two runs ahead if 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 I'm that adamant. But, but I've actually followed people and hooked up like oh sure crazy you know well and then you know then they're looking back at you and they're like hey you're you're in my old i want to go back to you know right yeah i mean they're using different different types of uh different flies different depths different spots within the same place you're standing there's it's so dynamic on the trucky that it could essentially hold the crowd in a sense Although you, you do feel a feeling of disappointment if if you're kind of way out alone and someone walks right up, yeah, yeah, relative, you know, there's it happens. There's you yeah. know manners. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, I'm talking like you know something like Mayberry where it's like you're oh, not, you know, right. You're not gonna get far. The from secret anybody, spot, really. right? You know, nothing's a secret there. You're kind of like, uh, you know, but yeah, if I was out here and somebody's, you know shoulder to shoulder with me i'm like okay bro like there's a whole nature conservatory you've got yeah 60 seconds to make friends if you're coming up to somebody yeah <laughs> right and that's it generally like ben and i like to do is we try to make friends you know or just just practice etiquette you know hey be mindful of their space like i mean just just recently like we we did a river crossing and before we did we saw an angler and we just waved to him and say hey do you mind if we cross below yeah you know, i mean assuming you're fishing up but do you mind and they'll be like I mean, whether they say yes or no, I'm probably going to still have to cross there, but at least yeah. be like, hey, he said yes. He said yes. So. Yeah. But, but, but just be yeah. nice just, and kind. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, way. when you get cut off on the freeway when you're driving mm-hmm. and you're like, you, you know, you're all angry. But if somebody waves at you, you ever notice if somebody waves at you after they cut you off, they're like, I'm sorry, I had to get over. Yeah, you're like, good. all right, that was kind of rude, but like, whatever, you know, like, thanks for acknowledging, you know, right. you know yeah. it's, right. it's like that thing, you know, right. where you're kind of like. My bad. I know I'm kind of in your space. <laughs> and, and we, we haven't encountered too many. Uh, how do you say it kindly? Too many cronies, so to speak, on the river. We'll leave it at that. But it, it th- there's a few and far between where you'll get the negative vibe and the attitude, and you're just like, "What's happening? Like, why are you so angry? Like, what?" Is this, yeah, some people will walk right up to us, and they couldn't see us. So why, how could we get mad, you yeah. know? Yeah. And when they do, it's like, yeah, we're, we're both here. No, we had some so. that just literally go right, like, right to where we're fishing. Like, in Idlewild, we had that some guy 
on the other side just plop right into our spies where yeah. we're just like well we're just, we're just yeah. like well and okay, he, cool. he kind of had one up us because the uh we were casting a shadow but to commit to get to the other side there at that particular point he was in the, the right spot and it was kind of like yeah. a, a booyah to us yeah so right. he seemed pretty nice but. yeah it's funny but we never yeah. get too hostile over yeah. it. Yeah, you just, just can't. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, as soon as you get hostile or as soon as you get upset, you've already blown it. Yeah. You've, you've lost the opportunity of, you know, what it is you're experiencing. Yeah, exactly. you're connection. not out there having fun anymore. Now you're just, you might as well be in traffic. And, you know, right. Yeah. Like, go be angry in normal life. Like, you're, you're wasting time, really. You know? Right, right. <laughs> Well, cool. Taylor, look, hey, we really appreciate you joining us and sharing your stories. I think there's going to be some listeners out there that actually learn a lot from this. It's probably been one of our most angler-intensive. Yeah, we don't usually get technical, and uh, I was enjoying it. It was relevant. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll probably have to do another one, you know. We can focus on a bunch of stuff. We'll go fishing some more. We'll have more questions. You know? we got we got some high water events down the road here coming up, so I think we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have Taylor back on and we could probably do a segment related to um, you know, high water, you know, from from our perspective. Right. And I know <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. I know you and Nico met on uh, Fish Brain. Yeah. Um, where are some of the places that our listeners could kind of find you and see your your traction out there? So, I have a Fish Brain. I kind of had no idea what to name it so i called it nvt fly fish, fly right? fish. I think yeah so, yeah. so <laughs> yeah. it's kind of a weird name but i was kind of like oh i'm just kind of on here to see what people are catching you know right um i got an instagram i run with my friend dylan allegre that i brought up earlier your um, your, your nemesis my nemesis yeah bff mm. yeah slash bff um <laughs> and that's at ba high desert fly fishing on instagram we don't really have a website yet we're kind of working on it my buddy he builds rods uh he lays inlays feathers stuff like that so he, i mean nice. he's he makes some beautiful rods um he's got i think he's only got a couple pictures of some on there right now but we're you know it's kind of like a little side thing we do it's not like we're not doing it to make money we're just like oh he enjoys building rods i like tying flies so there you go i tie some flies put them on there sometimes whatever you know um you know, I just remember when I was starting out, it was kind of hard to figure out what patterns. So I figure if I put some patterns on there, you know, people are like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, that that, will, I, I love that you do start. that because I, you know, Nico suggested to me multiple times, hey, you know, get into tie flying. And for, I, I always felt that's something I really want to do. How did you just kind of briefly, how did you start that and get into that? I think I was, you know, you know, buying the flies at the store and stuff. I was kind of like, oh, cool. Like, this, it, it, you only have one weight, you know, and then you have to sit there and add split shot to get down. But then I was like, I can just add all the weight to the fly. Like, that's cool, you know. So, you know, it kind of for me, it just made it more of a streamlined rig. And that's why I was like, I, I should just tie it because then I know how heavy I want it. And I don't have to worry about adding split shots and stuff like that as much, you know, or as many split shot or big split shot. And I found I got stuck more with split shot going in the rocks and stuff, you know. That's how, kind of really what got me inspired into how it. How long does it take you to tie one fly? Or do you do multiple at the same time and complete them all at the same time? Um, it kind of depends if somebody's, like a buddy of mine's like, hey, can you tie me some flies? I want the, all this pattern we were slaying them on, you know, here. You know, Then I'm like, okay. And then, you know, then when, I'm, when I have all the stuff set up for one fly, it's, you know, two minutes or whatever, you know, for a little tiny 
you know, 16 Duracell or something, you know, something easy. You know, where it's wire and some dubbing and voila, you know. There it is. It's a little bit of super glue, you know, to, um, you know, and that's what I try to do. I make my flies durable because I hate tying flies onto leader over and over and over again, you know. Um, so I think that's that's definitely a big part of it, you know, is doing the, uh, I'm sorry, I just totally. Well, did you notice, uh, <laughs> yeah, did, did, did you notice um, a greater sense of accomplishment to catch a, 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 a fish on your own fly? Do you remember the first time that happened? Yeah, so that was, that was awesome. Like that was, you know, because you look at your first fly because, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you'll see it, you know. <laughs> Have you tied yeah. one yet? No, I haven't. Yeah, so, I've only just so tied my shoes. when you tie your shoes. first one, you're going to be like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, what what am I doing? I just spent money on this, and I suck, you know. Like, I, I just remember looking at my fly, and I was like, you know, I, I kind of, I was like, you know, I was I was appalled. I was like, wow, this is this is bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just like, what, what am I doing, you know? <laughs> Um, but then, you know, I, I started watching lots of YouTube, YouTube videos are a lifesaver for that. Like YouTube, YouTube for fly tying. That's when I, then, then I started watching them for fly fishing. I was like, I'm, man, I'm I should have done that for, for fly everything. fishing. <laughs> you know? uh, that's a good but, idea. But I started doing it for fly tying cause I absolutely sucked at it. And, you know, sure enough, you learn all these little basics and now I'm at the point where I'm kind of starting to make my own little patterns, you know, like I'm, I'm working on like a jigged crayfish right now cause I don't like getting stuck. So I always think, you know, nice. who knows if I'm right. You know, if the jig hook makes you get stuck less, but that's just how I feel, so that's my preference. That's cool. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I actually got it right here. So I was going to show you guys, but break it out. Yeah, oh, let's see it. it out. All right. Yeah. Just kind of a, you know, and I kind of like simple flies, I guess. You know. So wow. Like, I noticed a it's lot got of a lot of meat on it. I noticed a lot of the crayfish patterns. There's a lot to them, you know, and they take mm-hmm. a little long. So that's just dubbing, and then some, you know. That's kind yeah. of like slump bus. Buster-esque. It's got a lot going on. You got the little claws, but not not too clawy, but enough to. Yeah, you know, it's got a little dead drift crayfish in it, but then just yeah. to kind of simplify it, you know. And, and you've had a, a lot of success on that. I just kind of, I haven't really fished it, if I'm being honest. I, I've kind of tied a bunch up, and I'm like, well, you know, they they look crayfishy enough. To, just I mean, holding it, it feels successful. You know? I don't know if it's because it's been so long since I had breakfast, but it's making me hungry. <laughs> I, I'm I'm tempted to bite it myself. No, we should just have a crawfish boil podcast one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you should market it in like a big pot. Yeah, right. <laughs> a Bunch pot of, of them. them. A pot full. Right. Like on the bayou. But yeah, no, it's definitely YouTube and stuff helps a ton with fly tying and um, I never took any classes like at the Orvis and stuff, but those seem super helpful too. Um, sure, you know. Sure, yeah, I totally imagine they would be. Yeah. Oh, um, this is awesome. And give us give us that website again, or your your Instagram handle. Uh, where you, where the Instagram I got is B A High Desert Fly Fishing. Okay. Um, yeah, it's you know just got some pictures of some cool fish, some rods. And w- can we see this one on there? Are you gonna- yeah. I- I, you know, I don't know if I have that one posted. I'll probably post it, though. I just kind of, it was just like an inspiration thing. I was bored one night, and I was like, oh, I want to do a jig crayfish. Well, it translated yeah. to the finished product. It's yeah, really so, bad. Well, yeah. I don't know if it catches fish, so I'm sure it does, but who knows? Got us. That's yeah. the number one. That's the first <laughs> catch with the fly. Get right? The fly yeah, that's first. most <laughs> of it. That's 90% of it if you're in the business of selling flies, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, Austin Taylor, I appreciate you joining us. Um, and again,
again, you got your handle out there. So if anybody wants to check out what you're doing on the water or what you're tying and whatnot, they, they can reach you there. Yeah, they can message me, whatever, you know, like they want to go fishing, go fishing. Let's go, you know. <laughs> Love it. Whatever, Love you it. know. That's great. Whenever I can go out, I go. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. And, again, also thanks to uh, the, well, the Nature Conservancy for um, the special allotment of this amphitheater space um, on this lucky lucky weekend. So Yeah, beautiful. We, yeah, we appreciate yeah. that support. And, and, again, thanks thanks for coming out, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys for the invite. I, I'm glad it was awesome. Po- I had a lot of fun doing this. You know, This was my first podcast ever. It was, awesome. uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Awesome. You know? And but although you us. denied it. You lived up to your name, the prodigy. No, yep, no, yep, no. Yep. It's there. No denying no, it. I just, <laughs> I just, I'm just a sick person that likes fly fishing. Uh, <laughs> yes. All right. Well, that's that. And thanks again for joining us on uh, another episode of Burritos, Breaks, and Flies. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I loved it. See you.